had a friend who was a couple years ago traveling up in the hills of East Tennessee. Went to a little church back up in the country, a little country church. There they had a live nativity scene, you know, had shepherds and Mary and Joseph, had live lamb and a cow, had the little baby Jesus, much like what we've got right here in a manger, except they had a live baby laying there. They had, uh, they had three guys dressed up with fire coats on and a fireman's hat. And after the program was over, my friend asked the preacher, he said, what's up with the three firemen? He said, well, it says right there in the Bible, three wise men came from afar. I guess it all depends on how you interpret. But you know, the reality of the nativity scene is when Jesus was born, the wise men did not come at that time. According to Matthew chapter 2, the wise men did not come probably till about two years after, uh, within a few months of Jesus' birth. But there were certainly shepherds there. And we have an account of the shepherds coming to visit the baby Jesus. We read about that in Luke chapter 2, which will be our text for today. In fact, the, the wise men were probably the first to hear the message that the angels brought about the birth of this little baby boy. Today we continue our series that we started last week called uh, The Gift of Christmas. Last week we looked at unwrapping Jesus and we looked into some of the detail about the coming of Christ and what that means to us. But today we're going to talk about the peace that he brings into the world. And our title is Unwrapping Jesus peace. It's a message from above brought by angels. You know, the truth is we can get so caught up in what society has made out of Christmas that we can miss God's message about Christmas. Somebody said we shouldn't get so wrapped up in what the world has to sell that we miss unwrapping what God has to give. And God certainly has given us a wonderful gift in the person of Jesus Christ. So how do we understand the peace that Christ brings? That's the question that we raise today. You know, in our world today, you, you think about peace, and we often associate peace with calm and quiet. We think about maybe a peaceful little, quiet little brook running through the woods and, and just quiet. Maybe you hear a bird chirping and... And everything's just calm. I heard about this one, uh, this one man. Uh, in fact, he, he wrote an article called the, the Kids of Christmas. And in this article, he told about being out uh, shopping at Christmas time, he and his wife and their little five-year-old boy. And all day long, his boy asked questions. Question after question. Who made the streets? How, how, how do we get cars, Daddy? How do you learn how to drive a car? Who paints the lines on the road? Over and over again. And when he wasn't asking questions, he was singing songs. He sang every song he knew. You know, all the little children's songs. All the Christmas songs. And then when he wasn't singing songs, he was just making noises. And finally, Dad said, I would pay for silence. And he turned around to his little son, Christopher, and said, Christopher, I'll give you a quarter 
if you'll be silent. Christopher sat up, put his finger on his lips, and was silent. Then they went into a restaurant and they sat down. And when they sat down, Christopher was a little fidgety, but he kept silent. But Dad then began to berate him. Christopher, sit up straight. Christopher, don't spill your drink. Push it back from the edge. Christopher, eat your food now. Christopher, don't drip ketchup on your pants. Finally, Christopher looked up and he said, Dad, I'll give you this quarter back if you'll be silent. You know, even little kids want peace sometimes. They want peace and quiet. But this peace that Christ brings is so much more than, than just peace and quiet. Some people think about peace and they think absence of war, absence of conflict. We'd love to have absence of conflict in our world today, wouldn't we? But it hasn't happened yet. Maybe we've had short periods of time when we didn't have quite so much conflict. But this peace that Christ comes to bring is so much more than just the absence of conflict. Let's go to Luke chapter 2 today. And we looked at the first seven verses last week. Of course, Luke is responsible for writing the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. He was a traveling companion of the apostle Paul. He was not an apostle, but he knew some of the apostles, and he traveled with Paul mostly. He says in his book he carefully investigated. He interviewed some of those that have eyewitness accounts about Jesus. And in the book of Luke, he gives us some of those eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. As he begins, he, he, uh, he gives us a little bit of the background of John the Baptist, and then he jumps right in to the birth of Jesus. And the events that he's going to tell us about today surround some shepherds that were some of the first to hear about the birth of Jesus and to go and visit Jesus. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin reading at verse 8. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, let's stop and think about that for a minute, what he said. This angel is imparting these words in the town of David, a Savior. Notice it's capitalized. The Messiah has been born, the Lord. Very important. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with an angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. On earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. First thing I want you to think about is that God revealed his message of peace first to shepherds.
Isaiah spoke of a prince of peace that was coming one day. The Hebrew people took that to mean their Messiah, now Luke, and by way of the angel, is telling that this Messiah is here. Isaiah said he would be a light who would dispel darkness. Now these angels come and say, peace on earth through this Savior, this Messiah, this Lord. Savior means Redeemer. Messiah means Chosen one by God, anointed one, king, and Lord means God himself. Quite sure the shepherds made the connection. They were probably of Jewish descent living there around Bethlehem. And quite sure they knew the Old Testament and made the connection. We think about these shepherds. Who are these shepherds? Why, do, why was it revealed to them? You know, being a shepherd was a hard job. It was, a, it was work. All, uh, they had to live out in the fields outside of town. They had a dirty job. It was a smelly job. It was hard to keep all the Jewish cleanliness laws when you uh, were a shepherd because you were around these dirty, filthy animals all the time. You couldn't get the smell off of you. And shepherds, though, were respected. Because people knew, you know, sheep were a staple uh, commodity there in the first century. Their, their wool was used to make cloth and, and clothing. Their meat was used as a staple in their diet. And, of course, they were sacrificed. Did you know at the temple, every day during this time, there was a sheep sacrificed in the morning and one in the evening? Every day. 360 days a year, according to the Hebrew calendar. We know from history that <coughs> the temple flocks were kept there close to Bethlehem. It could perhaps be that these shepherds were the shepherds that guarded the, the temple flocks. Wouldn't that be amazing? They were responsible for getting two sheep to town every day or maybe a, a handful of sheep every couple of days that would be sacrificed there at the temple. Uh, and now they would be the first to view the one sheep that would be the sacrifice once for all. So these shepherds, they were respected, though they were not often associated with. They were very loyal to their sheep, and they cared for their sheep, and they were, they were faithful. We don't know exactly why God first revealed to them. But we do know that they listened to the angel. What is this peace that they're speaking of. You, we've thought about our meaning of peace, calm and quiet, absence of conflict. But to the Hebrew people, peace meant so much more. They had a word they used. It was used as a, as a greeting or a farewell. It was the word shalom. Shalom. Say, say that with me. Shalom. When you greeted somebody on the street, shalom. 
when, uh, when somebody was at your house and they got ready to go, shalom. And this shalom meant so much more than just peace and quiet or absence of conflict. It meant peace in the highest sense of the word. It meant God's peace resting on you. It's the idea of God's blessedness, His favor, His faithfulness to you in all things. I like what the Apostle Paul says about peace over in Philippians chapter 4. I want to read from verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see that? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That's the kind of peace we're talking about. A peace that you'll never know outside of Jesus Christ. A peace that you'll never know until you know the Lord. A peace that you'll never know until you do what He says here, that you'll rejoice in Him, that you'll not be anxious about anything, that you'll, you'll bring everything before Him with prayer and petition, and that you'll bring everything before Him with thanksgiving. Even when the bad things happen, you'll say, Thank you, Lord, because you're going to go with me through this. And you will come to experience this peace that passes all understanding. Those who come to know this baby, this Savior, this Messiah, this Lord, who have faith in Him, they're the ones that are going to experience this shalom. Some of you have had an Advent wreath before. I, I know many years ago, sometimes church here would do an Advent wreath. And what an Advent wreath is you take a wreath and set it on a flat table and you put four candles in it, three purple and one white, and you light one each of the four Sundays before Christmas. The three purple first, and then on Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas, the white one, which is called the Christ candle. And each of those four candles represent one of the themes that comes along with Christ. Father was doing an Advent wreath at home and he asked his children, so what do the four candles stand for? And little five-year-old Sally just, I, I know, Daddy, I know. I think I remember from last year. Okay, what, what do they mean? She said, well, hope and joy and peace and quiet. And he said, you almost got it right. The last one is actually love. And all of those, or what this, this uh, shalom represents. I think shalom probably even brings some quiet along with it. So this, this Lord, this Savior, this Messiah, 
He came to bring shalom, peace. But let's move on in our text, verse 15. When the angel had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. So you see, the shepherds went to verify the message. They were told, you know, there's going to be a sign. You're going to find a baby lying in a manger. Anybody ever seen a baby lying in a feed trough? Only in church Christmas plays with a plastic baby and some kind of straw and a little handmade uh, thing that looks like that. Not in real life. Nobody lays a baby, a newborn baby, in a feed trough, but that's all they had. What a sign it was. The shepherds also, as, the, as they, one shepherd gave them that message, then a whole, a whole company of angels came, it says. I don't know how many's in a company, but it sounds to me like it's a whole lot. And so these, uh, these shepherds decided, we're going to verify this. We're going to go see this. And they found Jesus probably the very night of his birth, probably in a stable, laying in a manger. Maybe they were the first, other than his family, and a couple of animals to see him. Now, I know the question that burns in everybody's mind, who stayed with the sheep? We don't know the answer to that. There have been a lot of things put forth about that. Some say, well, they just left one of the younger shepherds there. Some say maybe one of the shepherds had his son with him and left a little 12-year-old boy. I think there might even be a song about it. Um, but we don't know. The text doesn't say. We can speculate. But let's don't get caught up in the trivia of this thing because it doesn't matter who stayed. What matters is that these shepherds went and they saw what the angel said they would see. And they verified what the angels had told, that you will find a baby lying in a manger and that he is the Christ. When you put this all together, sign given, the angel's appearance it leads the shepherds to believe that this is the Savior, this is the Messiah this is the Lord and look at what happened verse 17 when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what was been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You see, what they discovered caused them to spread the word. They saw and heard the angel. It's probably Gabriel. He's usually God's messenger angel. He's the one that appeared to Mary and told her she was going to have this son. He appeared to Joseph and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, even though the son conceived in her is not yours. Uh, go ahead and be his earthly father. But 
They saw the baby wrapped in clothes, laying in the manger. They saw Mary and Joseph. Now, we weren't there. No way we could be there some 2,000 years ago. But through our mind's eye, through Luke's writing inspired by the Holy Spirit, through the shepherds probably telling Luke the story, we can see what what they saw that caused them to praise God and share the good news. I like something that Luke does here. He says, Mary, which seems to come out of the blue, he's talking about these shepherds and going to visit, and out of the blue he mentions, and Mary treasured up these things in her heart. You know what I think? I think that's Luke's way of saying, you know what, I talked to Mary about She says it's true. Because Luke and Mary would have been contemporary. They they lived at the same time. And then he goes on to talk about the the shepherds spread what had been told them, praising for all the things they had seen and heard. I can imagine, as Luke said in chapter 1, he carefully investigated that. He went and found some of those shepherds up in the hills of Bethlehem and said, look, are you guys the ones? Yes. We saw it. i tell you what we saw. I think we have the word of God here, the truth that Luke is sharing. When you look at Jesus, what do you see? Fairy tale? Kid's storybook story? A religious myth? We sang Gloria in Excelsis Deo. Now, when I was a little kid, I couldn't read, and I always pondered about that. You know, those eggshell seeds. You plant those, do you get more eggshells, or do you get the whole egg? It wasn't until last week I figured it out that, you know, that. That means glory to God in the highest. Comes right out of Luke 14. That's what the angel said. Glory to God in the highest. Glory in excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest. Do you see as the angel saw? This king, this shepherd, I mean, this Messiah, this Lord, bringing glory to God in the highest. There's another song we sing, Joy to the World. We're going to sing it in the second service. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. When I was a little boy, I couldn't figure that one out either. Prepare him room. Do I get a room ready for him? No. Prepare room in your heart for him. It goes on to say in the second verse, He rules the world with truth and grace. His amazing grace and His undeniable truth and His compassionate love 
it all adds up to a peace that transcends all understanding. I wonder, do you know that peace? Is that what you see when you really connect with Jesus? Here's our connection today. Jesus has come to bring peace to the world. You know, our souls have a hard time struggling. We actually war with the evils of this world, with doubts and sin and greed and pride and uncertainty. All those bring us unrest. Peter says in 1 Peter 2.11, abstain from evil desires which war against your soul. We don't want war. We want peace. This peace that Christ comes to bring. If you can believe and trust Christ and have faith in yours, peace in this world is very possible. Jesus told his apostles just before he left them and went into heaven, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's a different kind of peace. Luke 18, 17, Jesus said, Truly I tell you that anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So we ought to learn to have the faith of a little child. We accept the story of the Bible at face value. I heard about a little child that had a big faith. She was in their Christmas pageant one year. She was playing the angels. And her job at the time when the shepherds entered was to run down the aisle and meet the shepherds and tell them the good news of the birth of Jesus. And so she was standing at the back, and the director was standing right there beside her, and she looked at the director and she said, am I supposed to run down the aisle or fly? I admire her faith. I hope she didn't try to die because she would, she would have learned a lesson. But you know, little children come to the Word of God and, and they just take it at face value and they believe. And the Bible tells us if we do that, we can find this peace. We can unwrap this peace that Christ wants to bring us all. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for, for Jesus and for all the events that surround his life for all those who were involved in the creating of the, of the story to bring witness to us that we might see just as they saw and believe just as they believed so that we could know the one true God the Son of God the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord in the flesh. In His name we pray and pray.